No, no. Last year I was here when it was hot, and so it's hot again. You know, uh, yesterday we went and saw your new facility, your building that you're going to be moving into. And, uh, you know, I have a, a group of, um, a team with us here that were with us, so we were kind of, um, they were seeing it for the first time, I saw it last year. And you know, you see the building and you say, wow, look at what God, you, you have a great facility. And I told them, you know, that building just didn't, you know, poof on the scene just one day, you know. It didn't. There, there's been a, a lot of hard work a lot of foundation that has gone into the ministry in Montebelluna over the years. You know, I, the first time I was here, I know that Craig and Savannah were here before that, but was in a, a building downtown and, and you guys met in the third floor. Remember coming down for a prophecy conference. And so, you know, watching that the hard work over the years. And how many years have you been in this building? Fifteen years. And so yeah, and so that that building, you know, it's the uh, fruit. Of, of a lot of labor. Do not grow weary while doing good, and in due season you shall reap if you do not lose heart. And so I look forward to what God will do in the next 20 years through Calvary Chapel Montebelluna. The leaders that will be raised up, the churches that will be planted, the people that will be reached. You know, you're now 20 years, but you're now at the beginning stages of a fresh new outpouring of God's Spirit, I believe. And so, Gloria a Dio, huh? <laughs> So t this morning, it's still morning, yes, I would like to share on Abraham, Father Abraham. Father Abraham has many descendants. You know, through Ishmael, his son, comes the Arab. Through Isaac, his son, comes the Jewish nation. But the important sons are the sons of faith. Paul says that um, only those who are of faith are really sons of Abraham. 
we are descendants of Abraham by faith. Noi per fede siamo discendenti di Abramo. Father Abraham he had many sons and I'm one of them, you know. Padre Abramo ha avuto tanti figli e io sono uno di loro. And I want to share just three things about Abraham. E voglio condividere un po' di cose riguardo a Abramo. The first one is Abraham was a flawed man. La prima cosa è che Abramo era un uomo the second thing is that Abraham found favor or grace with the Lord and that it, the third thing is that Abraham was faithful to the Lord we know that Abraham was flawed he, he had a, a tough start in life in Joshua chapter 24 verse 2 it says and Joshua said to all the people thus says the Lord God of Israel your fathers including Terah the father of Abraham and the father of Nahor dwelt on the other side of the river in old times and they served other gods This area is Mesopotamia, now it's modern day Iraq. And you know, commentators, they aren't sure exactly what kind of worship and idolatry was, was um, you know, practiced there. Probably, you know, the most common one was the worship of the sun, the worship of the moon, and the worship of the stars. But it doesn't really, you know, it was just some form of idolatry for sure. We know that. So you might say, you know, Abraham had a rough start. In his, especially in his religious life, you know. He didn't he didn't he wasn't raised in a good Christian home, so to speak. <laughs> and, and maybe we all come from different places. I don't know everybody in this room. We all have different origins. There are probably some that come from good Christian families. Um, but there may be some here this morning that had a tough start in life. My, my, my testimony is I didn't come from a Christian family. Um, I, I have two memories of going to church when I was a kid. One of them was a memory in the back of a church building. It had red bricks. That's all I remember when we were playing. The other one when I was like 12 or 13 years old and I was sitting in the church and I just couldn't wait till it, we were done. You know, I, I have, in my family, there was alcoholism. In my family, domestic violence was common. In my family, we had, there was adultery. There was fornication. There was drug addiction. 
You know, I came from a, a, a tough start in life. Like Abraham and maybe many of you, maybe we have a, a disadvantage. Maybe we had a, a tough start. I became a Christian when I was 25 years old. And at 25 years old, I had to begin to learn, you know, the Bible and learn, you know, the teachings of Christ. You know, I'd work in a Bible college and I get to see all these kids, 18, 19 years old, and they come to the Bible college with already a wealth of information. And I kind of wish I had a better start to life. But I didn't. I didn't. I had a tough start. But here's the thing that I've learned is that my origin, where I came from, isn't my legacy. You know, who I, where I came from doesn't define who I am and who I will be. I have a destiny now. I have a future and a hope in Christ. I'm saved. I look forward to His return. And so it's not my origin that is my legacy. It's my destiny now that becomes my legacy. Who I am is, is um, in Christ. My identity is in Him. Abraham had sinful tendencies when he um, was a young Christian. If you, if you will. When he, um, Abraham left Ur the Chaldees, he came to the land of Canaan. And he and his wife Sarah came there and she was a beautiful woman. There was a famine in the land of Canaan so they went to Egypt. Then I won't read all the verses but Abraham basically said you know, look you're a beautiful woman. When we go to Egypt you know the men are going to look at you and they're going to say wow she's beautiful. <laughs> and so they'll kill me so they can get to you. So let's just tell everybody you're my sister. And then I will be safe. So really in essence he was sacrificing his wife for his own sake. Now, I don't know about you man but that would not Go, that conversation would not go well in my family, right? And so it played out where they came to Egypt and they said that um, Sarah was Abraham's sister. And Pharaoh even took her into his house and, you know, with the intent probably to marry her, make her one of his wife. But the Lord plagued Pharaoh's house. 
And then it came out that, you know, he found out that Sarah was actually Abraham's wife. And the Pharaoh took Abraham and he began to rebuke him for lying. You know, what is this you have done? You know, you, you, why did you lie to me? I might have taken her to be my wife and I might have, you know, caused a sin and all. And, and you know that, you know, when the unbeliever is the one that's rebuking you, there's a problem. This is our father Abraham. This is his tendency. And before we're, you know, really Christians, we all have this tendency to be selfish. I, before I was a Christian, I was totally self-absorbed. I was in the business of gratifying my flesh. And if, if, if I could use a person or their things to gratify my flesh, I had no problem doing it. And then I got saved. You know, and I remember thinking back about some of the things that I did and some of the people that I hurt. And I remember just kind of with horror remembering and, and, and with the shame that was involved for what I did. Because now I had a relationship with God. And I realized that mankind was made in his image. And the Spirit of God began to really convict me of those things that as I tr ill-treated people, you know, that, that, was, that were made in his image. It was also a, a sin against God as I did that to man. This is something that we all have to contend with. You know, sin comes from this selfish nature. Though Abraham was flawed, he had a tough start in life. He had sinful tendencies, self-preservation. He was favored by God. In Genesis chapter 12, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now the Lord has said to Abraham, Get out of your country, from your family and from your father's house, to a land that I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Benedirò quelli che ti benediranno e 
So there's no reason in Abraham that God singled him out for this special call. There's no reason that God kind of singled Abraham out for this special call. Quindi non c'è diciamo una ragione apparente che il Signore avesse messo da parte Abramo per dargli questa chiamata speciale. It was, you know, purely because of the grace of God in Abraham's life. È stato puramente per la grazia di Dio sulla vita di Abramo. There was nothing that Abraham did to earn or merit this special call. Non c'è stato nulla che Abramo avesse fatto per guadagnare o meritare questa is something that God was going to do. I will, I will, I will do this for you. And you see other cases in the Bible where, where people are singled out and, and God's favor or God's grace is bestowed upon them. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Mary, oh highly favored one of the Lord, she found grace. Maria, you know, the, the Apostle Paul, special case. Here's a man before he was a Christian who persecuted the church. He was violent against the church. He voted to put people to death if he had the chance. He got letters from the high chief priests to pursue Christians all the way to Damascus and Syria. And he would arrest them and he would try to get them to blaspheme Jesus, to deny Jesus. And then on the road to Damascus, the light shone from heaven and Jesus appeared to him. For no reason, like nothing that, nothing that Paul did merited that encounter with God. It wasn't like they were in heaven thinking, you know, hey, Paul's such a good persecutor. He, look how he, he, you know, he's really persecuting the Christians. You know, he deserves to be saved now. Jesus intervened in his life. You know, when I was at my worst, it was um, two. I was awake for 48 hours doing drugs. I'm just going to be honest with you. It's on my way to go to work. I couldn't make it, you know. And I was driving my truck and I was out of it and I pulled over. I just was going to give up, you know, and, and whatever. It was at that moment. And I don't know how to describe it, but anyway, but like a mirror came down from heaven. And it, it was like I saw myself with clarity for the first time. See, up to that point, I thought I was cool. I mean, I, I, I was, I had, I had a lot going on, you know. There was 
I had a boat. I was, you know, partying with. Avevo una barca, facevo festa. But uh, I was, I was dying. Ma stavo morendo. And for the first time, I looked in that mirror and I said, "I'm dying. E I'm killing la... myself." E per la prima volta ho guardato me stesso in quello specchio e ho pensato, "Basta, cioè, sto uccidendo me stesso." And up to that point, I, I claimed to be an atheist. E dopo quel punto dichiaravo di essere un ateo. But that morning, when the mirror came down and I saw myself, fino a quel punto dichiaravo di essere un ateo, ma quando poi quella mattina ho visto me stesso in quello specchio, I instinctively called upon God, whoever it was. I didn't know who the truth about him or anything but I called upon God and nothing you know immediately happened but it was a two months later that I ended up in a rehabilitation center and a year and a half after that I became a Christian and four years after that I came to Europe as a missionary and was involved in planning a church in, in churches in Hungary, Serbia and Austria when I became the director of the Bible College and Conference Center in the 90s in Austria we moved it to Hungary in 2002 you know, I, I found favor. Then why did God, you know, show me, come down in that morning and, and begin to work in my life? What did I do to earn any of this? Absolutely nothing. It's by grace I've been saved through faith. And it's not by works, lest any man can boast. Why did God intervene in your life? What did you do to deserve anything good from God? Abraham believed God and he was accounted to him for righteousness. Not only did he found, find favor with God, he also received forgiveness from God. Abraham believed God could do what was humanly impossible. For Abraham it was to receive a son in his old age. He knew it was humanly impossible. You know, he was already in his 80s, she was in his 70s, they'd been barren. But he believed in the word of God that he could receive a son by God's promise. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. It's quoted three times in the New Testament. Speaking about the faith of Abraham. And you know, twice in Romans and Galatians it's used as the basis for receiving salvation 
as opposed to works. E due volte viene usato in Romani e in Galati come esempio, diciamo, opposto, di fede opposto a quello delle opere. You cannot earn it by works. You can't earn salvation by works. Non puoi guadagnare o meritare la salvezza per mezzo delle opere. Abraham believed God by faith and God accounted him for righteousness. He forgave Abraham. Abramo credette in Dio per fede e Dio glielo mise in conto di giustizia e venne perdonato. At that moment Abraham's debt was wiped away. In quel momento il debito di Abramo è stato cancellato completamente. Right? And when we put our faith in Christ and we believe in Jesus and his work. Quando noi poniamo la nostra fede in Cristo e crediamo in Gesù e nella sua parola. Our debt is wiped away too. Il nostro debito viene But he doesn't doesn't wipe away. He just doesn't forgive. He just doesn't forgive us. He also adds to our account. He gives us his righteousness. Lui non solo ci perdona, non solo ci dà grazia, ma lui anche ce lo mette in conto di giustizia. You know, if I had a million dollar debt, se io avessi un debito di un milione di euro, there's no way that I could pay that debt, right? Um, it would be impossible because I'm a poor minister. It's like God came and he saw that debt in my bank account and he wiped away that debt. He forgave me that debt. So now I'm I'm uh, forgiven. I've been forgiven the debt that I owe God. But God doesn't stop there just wiping out our debt. God makes a deposit into our account. And he deposits into our account the righteousness of Christ. So not only am I debt free, now I'm a wealthy man in Jesus. Paul said it like this in Philippians chapter 3 verse 9. Paul wanted to be found in him, in Christ, not having my own righteousness which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. E per essere trovato in lui avendo non già la mia giustizia che deriva dalla legge, ma quella che deriva dalla fede di Cristo, la giustizia che proviene da Dio mediante la fede. Do you understand that? Avete compreso? <laughs> You've all been forgiven Voi if you're a Christian. Tutti perdonati se siete cristiani. Your debt's been wiped away. E il vostro debito è stato cancellato. And by the grace of God, you are now wealthy he's made a deposit into your account of his righteousness and now when God looks at you he doesn't see your sin because that's been wiped out of your account he doesn't look at that it's not there anymore and not only that he sees righteousness he sees his son's righteousness in your life that's why you know the writer to the Hebrews can say you can boldly enter to, into the throne of grace not 
Not upon your own righteousness. You can't do it, but now you've been made righteous by Him. Now you can come as a son into the presence of God. As a child of God, you can boldly enter his, into His presence. You know, at the conference, I'm the director of the conference center in Murrieta. Something like in the summer we have 150 employees. Not too many people dare to come just bold, boldly walking into my office. They could, it wouldn't bother me. Some, some of these kids here will do it. But, <laughs> but they, had this, they had this kind of idea, okay, that's a director, you know, better be careful. But I can be in a meeting with my leaders or even Pastor Brian Broderson. And either one of my three children, they don't care. They'll just like swing the door open. Hey, what's up, Dad? They'll boldly walk into my office because I'm their father. They all three know that I love them. They all three know that they're welcome to come to me anytime they want to. Anytime they need to. And that's the picture. That's what God wants with us. He's our father now. We've been adopted by him. He's showed us great favor. He's wiped out our debt. He's given us righteousness. And we can come to him. Do not let the devil keep you from coming to your heavenly father. Because this is what's going to happen in your life. You're going to sin again. You're going to stumble. And you're going to have this feeling of guilt. And the devil's going to play on that feeling of guilt in your life. And the devil's going to whisper in your ear, you can't go to God now. You, you know, look what you've done. You're not good enough. You can't go to God's presence. You're, look what you've done. You're, you're in sin. You're a sinner. And that's called condemnation. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And that condemnation, the devil will use it to keep us from coming into the presence of God where we need to come to receive the help. The Spirit of God, He will convict us of our sin. You're going to make a mistake in your Christian life. You're going to sin again. And the Spirit of God is going to convict you of that. And you're going to realize you're going to have this guilt. You're going to have this sense of guilt, sense of shame for what you've done. But the Spirit of God is going to grab you and He's going to lead you into the presence of God. The Spirit of God will bring you to where you need to come to receive the help and the mercy that you need. 
lo Spirito di Dio ti porterà lì dove hai bisogno di andare per poter ricevere l'aiuto e la misericordia di cui hai bisogno so some people here are have sinned they've, they've struggled they've stumbled and some people here have allowed the condemnation to keep them really from coming boldly to the presence of God but the spirit of God today is now showing you that that's been the wrong move that the spirit of God wants you to come and he's leading you to come to God to receive the help. Abraham was a flawed man. But he found favor with God. And Abraham remained faithful to God. Romans chapter 4 verses 20 and 21 says he did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief but was strengthened in faith giving glory to God and being fully convinced that what he had promised he was also able to perform oh that we would have the faith of Abraham Abraham had complete trust that God could do the impossible he never wavered at the promise of God or the ability of God to, to perform what God had promised even when the promise was taking a long time to be fulfilled like you got a building 20 years 20 something years later you know you get this great building yeah. and I've, know, I've known Craig and Savannah for long for all those years <laughs> and I've watched him just steadfastly just keep plugging away in faith believing that God can do great things Abraham had that same kind of faith in God even 24 years after God originally called him out of the earth of the Chaldees Fifteen years after God had originally promised that he would have a son. Never lost heart. Never lost faith in God. But this is what I want to share. This is a point I want you all to get today. Abraham was faithful. But it doesn't mean that he was perfect. Abraham was still flawed. Abraham committed the same sin that he did in Egypt later on. In chapter 20, you know, he went and he took his wife to the city of Gerar where Abimelech was the king. And he 
said the same thing. You know, she's kind of older now, but she's still got some good looks, you know? And he said, you know, if we go in this town, let's do the same thing we did before. He's still worried about himself. Willing to sacrifice his wife. And then Abimelech, the king of Gerar, which is a Philistine city. Philistines in the Bible, they don't have a good reputation, right? But Abimelech ends up rebuking the man of God again. He has the same thing recur in his life, even after all the blessings of God. Now I know none of us have ever done the same thing as a Christian that we did as an unbeliever. <laughs> We've never stumbled in those things again, right? But Abraham did. In addition, Abraham had a lapse of judgment and wisdom. He elapsed or he didn't have he didn't exercise good judgment. In waiting for the son of promise. Um, you know, Sarah hadn't born any children. So they had an idea, well, Abraham, Sarah said, why don't you go into my uh, maidservant Hagar? Maybe I will have children kind of through her. Now I don't know, guys, you know, if that's a converse, that was a conversation in your family, that would be kind of weird, right? I mean, that's just a test. What are you doing? I don't know. What do you, I know. <laughs> you're, you're caught in, in, in the middle. You can't disagree with your wife, but you can't agree with her on this either, right? I know, you know, I've read, that, you know, there's a cultural element here and all of that kind of thing, but it doesn't matter. It's the bottom line, there's just a, something wrong with that conversation. How do you reconcile this? With the statement earlier that, you know, Abraham never wavered at the promise of God. They must have reasoned in their minds that, well, maybe this is the way God's going to provide a son through me, Abraham. God said that a son would come from my body. And maybe it will be through Hagar and not Sarah. And so he gave into that plan. In other words, what took place there is God promised to give Abraham a son. Through Sarah. But 
it wasn't happening, so maybe they just wanted to kind of help the plan along a little bit. E non era ancora accaduto, quindi forse loro volevano, diciamo, aiutare un po' il piano a finalmente realizzarsi. And this is Abraham's work of the flesh. E questa è l'opera della carne di Abramo. That produced Ishmael. Che ha prodotto Ismael. Who still, you know, the Jews are reaping the consequences of this, you know, today. E i giudei ancora raccolgono le conseguenze di questo. Abraham was flawed. God showed him favor. But even after God showed him favor, there was still an imperfections in his life. He stumbled in the same things that he stumbled with before he received the blessings of God. He wasn't perfect. But here's the here's the thing is that he was faithful. He never lost faith in God. Sinful tendencies, you know, lack of wisdom, lack of judgment. And so your faithfulness is not going to depend on your perfect being perfected right now. You're still flawed. But as the as the proverb says, a righteous man will fall seven times and rise again. You're going to continue to believe. You're gonna you're gonna make mistakes, but you're gonna keep your eyes upon Jesus. You're gonna remain faithful to Him through it. You're going to have faith that he who began a good work in you will be able to he'll be able to complete it. You're going to realize I can't do it but I got to have faith that he can do it. That you're going to look unto Jesus the author and the finisher of your faith. You're going to realize that you can't perfect in the flesh what God began in the spirit. We're flawed. We're still flawed. But I still want to be faithful to God. I want to continue to walk with Him in faith, believing that He's going to get me through. I've been married for almost 25 years. Never made any mistakes in my marriage. <laughs> How did I get through that? Parented three children. Never made any mistakes in parenting. How did they get through that? How did my kids make it through my parenting? I don't know. I've had to I've had to ask forgiveness for my wife. I've had to ask forgiveness for my kids for the mistakes that I made. But I don't give up. I don't throw in the towel. 
I believe that God can get me through whatever it is that comes into my life. And I want to believe, I want to have faith, I want to be faithful to Him. And I'm going to hope that I've encouraged you that even though you're not perfect, that you still come running into the throne room of God. When you make a mistake that you go right to Him, right in, you barge in like, you, like He's your Father. You don't waste time. But you receive the help and the mercy that you need. And you go to Him in faith and you ask for that. You Give me what I need, God. I've done it again. I've done the same thing again, God. Seven times. But I'm going to get back up and I'm going to run into your throne room again. And I'm always going to be here. I'm not. You're, I'm not. You're not. You're not getting rid of me. And he doesn't want to get rid of us. 